startups can get sloppy. Startups can pivot. Startups can change their business model. But in the med tech game, you can't. It's diligence to a process. It's diligence to the regulatory environment around commercialization. And while innovation is easy, getting it to market's not. And that's why our next guest, Aidan Petrie, is so important. As the co-founder of NEMIC, the New England Medical Innovation Center, Aidan has deep insight into this process. And this advice, well, you'd probably pay a lot of money for it somewhere else. So sit down, get your favorite beverage, and have a listen. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whenever you are listening to the Road Pod MedTech Monday. Welcome. I'm sitting here today with Aiden Petrie again. Uh, Aiden wanted to get together to discuss Nemec and to further define Nemec's role in the MedTech ecosystem here in Rhode Island, New England, and the world. And Aiden, you have defined on a number of occasions Nemec as a venture studio. Can you define that for us? Sure. So um, the Venture Studio is really a reaction to um, two things, the concept of an incubator and the concept of an accelerator. And unique to the med tech development business and and um, and bringing uh, medical technologies to market, there is neither is a particularly useful construct. Accelerators um, in this industry um, tend to get companies moving, but the process of bringing medical technology to market is a long one. And so, um, you really need to have, it need, you need a relationship that is ongoing. And a lot of times incubators are sort of frothing the pond and getting things going again. Um, but, but more for, at an early stage, and they also come to an end. Whereas when you think about bringing a, um, a medical technology to market, it's typically a three to five year process a lot of times. And you need a relationship with an organization that can take you through the various stages of development. Um, and each one has has different requirements, different personnel requirements, etc. And so the idea of a of a studio is one. If you've been to an artist studio, there are always multiple pictures um, being developed at any one time, and they are the artist is moving back and forward between those, sort of developing them as as they go. So it just speaks to a longer process and a a, a longer relationship. So there are multiple umbrellas in the med tech space, uh, particularly in your venture studio. Clinical, regulatory, and investment, all three umbrellas. And you have obviously subject matter experts in all these areas. And you would guide a startup under each of these areas through the process? Correct. So, t so typically, you have um, an invent a, a, a the innovation component is at the beginning, where you um, figure out what it is you're going to do and and why it's um, going to be valuable. That then goes to a development um, process, which is uh, by which time you need to know what your regulatory, your classification is, and so forth. Um, and that is uh, falls typically under FDA guidelines, and what you you need to understand what exactly you, a, a a entrepreneur has to do to meet the requirements of the FDA, and then you have a commercialization component, and so those sort of three um, really require different um, modes, 
And in commercialization, you are developing your go-to-market strategy and um, understanding how you're going to bring a product into the market. Um, whereas at, at an early stage, you're, you're essentially lining up the ducks for that development stage. And development stage is pretty rote. You know, it, 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 it's a construct that the FDA uh, requires you to go through. And this is where uh, Nemec is able to give advice through a lot of industry veterans that we uh, work with to help a company understand what the road ahead looks like and what the costs are, et cetera, et cetera. So since I've been up here at Nemec, we've had a lot of discussions or uh, together, or I've sat in on a number of them. And one of the issues that you've spoken about is that innovation is not the issue in the medtech space. The challenge is implementation and commercialization. Why is that with so much low-hanging low fruit in our extremely expensive healthcare system? Sure. So in, in the... Um in the medical industry, it is not hard to find um, areas to innovate. Um, we have a highly fragmented system. There is a lot of uh, cost in that system. Um, there are a lot of highly educated individuals who can um, point out areas of improvement and, and so forth. Um, and so it is really a hotbed for innovation. It's also, I think it, it, there is a requirement for innovation because our medical system is completely unsustainable as, as it goes right now. And it, and it simply isn't going to, um, if we don't innovate in, I think it's the words of Eric Topol, we will bankrupt countries. So we, we are required to innovate. But that where we, where I over those twenty five years saw company after company after company really run aground is that they had a uh, limited knowledge of what all the aspects of development were, and when if you can imagine as an entrepreneur you've got to go back to your board or your funders or whoever, or even within a large strategic, you you if you don't know what the road ahead looks like and you don't know um, that you've got to do um, verification of, of shipping and, and all these uh, usability reports and so forth, these are all line items which have costs attached to them and you can uh, wear out your funding uh, pool by by not knowing the things you have to do. And so uh, uh, we saw more companies um, run aground in the commercialization phase um, and in the development phase, whereas where the innovation was was a valuable innovation. And so we really focus at, at, at NAMIC on that um, understanding what the a holistic view of what it's going to take to bring that technology to market um, such that that there can be a realistic schedule and a realistic budget and that milestones can be laid out that are appropriate um, for that technology and so that the entrepreneur um, has something left at the end because endless dilutions etc et can uh, can be a be a problem for the entrepreneur so when you define yourself as a venture studio, though, you are not actually investing venture capital, hard cash. Where do you see, or where does NEMIC fit between capital and entrepreneurs? 
we are we are investing um, time and and energy and and intellectual uh, expertise and and right. so forth. And one day we may indeed be investing or be part of a, of an investment financial investment. Um, what Nemec really does is, as we look at companies, we want to prepare them for investment. And having sat on both the development side and uh, on uh, as a member of an angel investment group, you, we, I've sort of seen the, the the coin from from both sides, and it leads to a, to an interesting. That I sort of learned that there is an interesting perspective that occurs in in medtech because of the way that you've got to set it up and 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 in, to be sort of specific about that the, the investing in developing a medical technology costs a lot of money okay. and if a, if an individual if an investor is going to go in to that um there are things that they know that they need to know they need to have protection and so ip becomes very important because if you're putting a lot of money in you want to know that somebody else isn't going to scoop you um there are th things like regulatory can change the cost of the development process on a massive level so you really have to have a very very thorough knowledge of what your regulatory strategy is and that can it, it these days can be um fungible in some areas and less so in others but it is absolutely a, a requirement and so from an investor point of view there are a series of um boxes that they are going to look at in a very deliberate way and what's interested me over the years because i'm not going to claim you know to be a great financial knowledge you know have great financial knowledge is that the done correctly the entrepreneur has the ability to set themselves up for very successful investment if they can line up all the ducks as they go in that in that first stage so there is there is all the boxes you do you know what your regulatory strategy do you know how much it is to develop the the technology do you have a do you have a, a a team that is going to carry you through the various stages how are you using contractors etc cetera, etc cetera. and so it it becomes very planning heavy whereas before i entered the medical space it was the you were sort of building the bridge as you went. And my suggestion is in medical technology and somewhat aligned with the way that the FDA actually requires you to develop um, technologies, it's front-end loaded and de-risked early. So you you maximize your, your market um, opportunity early and you understand that. And at the same time, you de-risk all the components that that you need to have to bring a, a, a technology to market early and then everything else is execution and so it just it's just a little bit different no, no, it's quite a bit different from anything else that i've ever worked in so this sounds very different from a typical entrepreneur who gets uh, a seed round uh, an a round and then may or may not have an idea at the beginning but someone's investing in some sort of abstract notional idea which often happens, and then they pivot. This sounds like an extremely clear path. It's a very clear path, and the word pivot 
is 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 not one that you want to throw around <laughs> too often in this uh, in this business. It just it's it's sort of not a, appropriate um, for regulated product development. Incredible. The cost of pivoting is vast. So, given the fact that this is an extremely rigorous regulatory path through innovation to commercialization that you've discussed. Can you come up with some tips that we might give to entrepreneurs thinking about this? Sure. Um, so I'm, I'm going to sort of go back to that idea of planning, um, have a heavy emphasis of planning at an early stage. Um, and I, I mean, I could put this in, in, the, in terms of, of companies that I've seen um, we see a lot of technologies at NAMIC walk through the door and they may have a valid clinical need that is important and will save lives and so forth. But oftentimes they have no idea how the, how to valid, um, how to have a valid commercial need. And somebody's always got to be paying for something. We see teams um, come in where the, the there is a whole line of individuals who are PhDs in one thing or another, and there is no experience in building a company. Um, the, the we see issues where the licensing has not been fully um, completed. Uh, IP we've talked about is is vital um, because of the expense and time to develop products. There's got to be some protections, and that IP has to be robust. Um, the the and and regulatory we've also talked about is absolutely critical because it will drive the cost of and schedule of a project. Do you need a Do you need to have a clinical study, or do you not? Is you know these are, these are very key questions that have to be brought up early. I think another aspect which is interesting is to understand um, how investors are looking at you, because they have a completely different math that they are providing in in their head. Um, and using to make an, an investment decision, and so understanding the um, the value, the milestones, the fund requirements, etc., from an investment perspective, is absolutely uh, critical. Thinking about your, the team, who are the advisors? What's who's bringing credibility? Who are the key opinion and thought leaders, and so forth? Who's going to stay with you throughout, and who uh, who are the individuals who you may need to contract for for a short time, but don't actually need to have within within the the um, company? Um, Strategic first tactical, absolutely. And so the if if a company has too much of a team too early. We, we saw a company recently where they had 30 people and then went into a cl clinical trial that was going to take them uh, 12 months to complete and probably longer than that. The 30 individuals, 20 of them, were not needed for, for 18 months. And so you know they because that is that was a salary that wasn't needed and 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 essentially should have been on a on a contract basis so um, it um 
that we've talked about having a complete view of development, the 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 need to understand all the components of development, such that if a program you know, typically is 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 going to cost eight million um, in the end, then what are the tranches of how that breaks down, and how you you what are the milestones you have to hit, but make sure that everything is packed in because the end is often a is a is a growth cap capital play where you're deploying a sales force and you're you're building up your marketing strategy and all of these uh, and building product and so forth um, which at, should be significantly lower risk if you're doing it on the fly at the end then I, I'd argue that probably um, should have been understood earlier um, so th- yeah, there's just a, a a whole series of of components that if an entrepreneur, can think about that those early, they will stop some of the um, errors. This is not an easy, but bringing data, uh, medical products to market is not for the faint of heart. You know, it's a it's a difficult process, um, and the knowing the what you have to uh, knowing what you have to know is and have to do is useful. Doesn't mean you have to to have all the comp- the components, but at least you know generally what those sort of boxes are. We've had a couple of discussions recently around valuations. What is specifically, or is there anything specific to this particular space that affects valuations? Uh, risk, I, I think, is has to be a part. I, I, there was a company that that um, came to us yesterday and they were looking to raise five million and they had a five evaluation of five million I'm like okay that's probably not going to work to your benefit so um, the as one as you de-risk um, as you demonstrate that you're hitting milestones your your value should be going up and the risk should be going down and so those early stage individuals, uh, the early stage uh, investors are going are looking for a higher return based on higher risk, and the later stage um, significantly significantly lower returns on on lower risk, um, and that that sort of t- typically you're seeing valuations. Um, they have to be attractive to to at an early stage to the to the angel funds and and family foundations and these are these are in the you know usually three to five million depending what it is and then they can go all over the place from there I mean they can uh, we've seen some very substantial jumps in that and we're, we're working with a couple of ex- extraordinary technologies that. If if they hit those first milestones, they can be worth they can be valued at thirty million because they have demonstrated what they that what they um, are setting out to do works and is valuable and people want it and and um, and so forth. So it's really the 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 hockey stick, if you will. It starts low, pretty much always, um, but again with with. A very strong de-risking process and and validation that there is a market that is there. Um, it can really swing swing wildly after that, which is why people get into this industry. Thanks for those thoughts, Aiden. I'm sure there are a lot of young folks, older folks listening, 
who have an idea in mind, and this is extremely beneficial information. And cheers to you and Lydia for starting this to, with the task of helping young companies come to market uh, in our healthcare system, medtech space, which is, uh, as we've heard, extremely, extremely complicated to get something to commercialization. Um, any thoughts on the future of Nemec? No, I mean, I, I, I think, well, thank you for having me, Tom. And um, what when we started Nemec, um, I, I, there, there are very few, we've discovered there are very few groups that give the sort of advice that we have, we, that we can give from um, industry veterans who are not theoreticians. They've all sort of lived it. And I've just been really encouraged by the the seeing these incredible technologies come through the door and helping incredible entrepreneurs who, you know, want to make the world a better place and helping them do that is just, is really fun. And, and it has taken off a wee bit faster than I ever expected, but that's, that's fine. Well, it obviously there is demand and um, that's a, a good problem to have and uh, good for you for helping us build this local ecosystem. Thank you very much for your time.